Welcome back to Open Your Door. I want to talk about the branch. What is the branch? Before we do, though, let's take a moment to pray. Dear Holy Father, I pray you send your spirit down. You be with everybody. I pray for your blessing, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds. Speak for me, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. The branch. What does it mean? Well, let's start in Zechariah chapter 6. Verse 12 and 13. And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, and he shall grow out, grow up out of his, and he shall build them temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord. And he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be the priest upon his throne. And the counsel of peace shall be between them and both. In Zechariah 3.8 Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee. For they are men wondered at. For behold, I bring forth my servant the branch. So we've read the branch twice now in Zechariah. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of the root. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and the might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The branch is Messiah, clear as day in the Old Testament. In Zechariah 3.8, the name Joshua was used. But Joshua and Jesus mean the same. And this person is to be crowned and to build this temple. We know that Jesus is our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. So in Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, the Spirit of the Lord rested upon him. See, in John chapter 1, verse 33, we read, Upon whom they shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. The same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. We also know that Jesus came through the lineage of David in Revelation 5, 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals. The source and sustainer of David as to his position and the power. That David's position was specially ordained of Christ, and that he was specially sustained by him. There can be no doubt. David was the type, Christ the anti-type. David's throne and reign over Israel was a type of Christ's reign over his people. He shall reign upon the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. That was Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33. Luke chapter 1, 32 33. As Christ appeared in the line of David's descendants, when he took upon himself our nature... He also called the offspring of David, and a root out of the stem of Jesse. His connection with the throne of David being thus set forth, and his right thus shown to rule over the people of God. There was a propriety entrusting to him the opening of the seals. In 
In history and prophecy, the word of God portrays the long-continued conflict between truth and error. That conflict is yet in progress. Those things which have been will be repeated. Old controversies will be revived, and new theories will continually arise. But God's people, who in their belief and fulfillment of prophecy have acted a part in the proclamation of the first, second, and third angel's message, know where they stand. They have an experience that is more precious than fine gold. They are to stand firm as a rock, holding the beginning of their confidence steadfast until the end. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 5 through 7 For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travel with child. Wherefore do you I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Jacob's experience represents the trial through which the people of God must pass before Christ's return. He will come quickly. Revelation 22, 6-7 says, And he said not me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants these things which will be done shortly done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of this book. When Christ steps down from being our high priest or the intercessor before God, the grave announcement is made in Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. An allegory to this is found in the parable of the tares. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. We have this thing called free will. God will not force us to follow him. Men and women can live our lives as we choose. But why? The reason is being so that our true characters may become apparent. This, this is why it is imperative that we study, that we are diligent. Revelation 22.12 tells us, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every man according as his work shall be. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 12 and 13. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourself, saith the Lord God of Israel. Then is, is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel, thou canst Canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the enemies, until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Accursed in Hebrew is cherub. It means literally or figuratively a doomed object. I heard where somebody said, I just can't stop doing what I'm doing, or man, Satan's too powerful. 
Satan has blinded our minds through the love of this world. They even profess Christians have forgotten or lost all sense of the fact that God lives, that God is more powerful than Satan, and that his angels are making record of all things and doings of his children, that every act and dealing is being recorded. Remember his reward is coming with them as we just read in Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. In James chapter 2 verse 5 and 6, hearken my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of the world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? But you have despised the poor. It goes on in James chapter 2 verse 14 through 17, what doth it profit my brethren? Thou a man say he hath faith, and hath not works. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked, and destitute of daily food, and none of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needed, needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. As Christians, we are not only to have faith, we are to live our lives Christ-like, staying true to his word, staying the course. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. We are saved by grace. We are saved by his grace. But we are also told in Hebrews chapter 12, 15, Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. This is why it is important to continue in prayer and ask for, as Psalms 51, 10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. We are to live in this world, not of this world. This world is only temporary. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. And I will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me at, in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. It's time to wake up, get on our knees and pray, ask for wisdom, strength to overcome. Ask for forgiveness and let him in. It's time to stop worrying about these temporary things and start focusing on Christ. When we fall, ask for help to overcome and get victory and get right back up again. When we fall again, get up again. Each time you fall, you realize how you fell. And you pray again and learn what not to do. Having faith in Jesus Christ and accepting him is the key. But once you accept him in, you can't just stop there. You need to truly love him as he loves you. True acceptance, not just a verbal acceptance. This will bring you true joy. And all that refinement and growth that you're experienced will be a, joy will be a joyous occasion and won't be grievous. You begin to feel that godly sorrow for your, the true guilt of the sins. If you aren't sure what sins are, the Ten Commandments identify what they are. 
There are ten, again lumped into two. The first four commandments are the love of God. The last six are about the love of thy neighbor as you love thyself. God is stretching out his hand to you. He's stretching his hand to me. Reach back. Grab it. Hold on to it. I'll tell you about a sermon I heard recently. The preacher was telling a story of how a man asked him, How many times a day do you eat? Well, that number is how many times a day should you meditate on God? How long do you work out? What is the minimum time that you should work out? And the guy gave him the time, and he told him, Well, here's how many times I eat, and here's how many times I meditate. And he asked the guy, well, how long do you study your Bible? How many times do you study your Bible? And the guy, uh, well, you know, not not that much. It's okay. How many times do you text on your phone? How many times do you make a phone call? Quite a bit, you know. I think the number he gave was 10, 15. Well, that's the minimum time you should pray. As many times as you text is as many times you should pray. We do things to keep our bodies physically in shape. We do things to keep our minds mentally healthy, in shape, strong, through conversations, through reading. But we never take care of ourselves physically, or spiritually, sorry. We need to work on our spiritual well-being. We need to pray. It's the utmost importance to keep praying, keep building that faith, and understand that the branch, the Messiah, he wants you home with him he's here for you just gotta accept it true godly repentance all right my friends god bless have a great night